we're going to deal with how to save your marriage. I think this is important. And if you can't save your marriage, at least I'm going to teach you how to get through the process without getting broken and messed up. But the goal is I'm going to try my best to help you guys save your marriage. And I'm going to warn you, this message is only for Christians. I can't tell non-believers how to live their lives because they're not governed by the word of God. And if you're not governed by the word of God, I can't help you. I mean, I can, you can listen to it and maybe you'll hear some things that you'll grow from, you'll learn from, and it'll be great for you. And God bless you for listening to it and following some of these steps. But without God, you really don't have a hope. So get some hoping and get Jesus. It's really that simple. So without further ado. Turning your Bibles, everybody, to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Whoa, we're about to go deep. Here we go, chapter 4. And now remember, when we do these Bible studies, I want everybody to, to read the entire Bible chapter. So we're starting in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 12, but I want you guys to read what happens in the beginning of the chapter. Because I don't want to waste a lot of time reading a lot of stuff that you guys can read for yourself. So I just want to get to the point today and let you guys get ready for the football games because I know everybody's excited. So here we go. Uh, we're going to start at um, verse 7, chapter 4, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7. Then I returned and saw a vanity under the sun. There is one alone without a companion. He has neither son nor brother, yet there is no end to all his labors, and nor his eyes see or is satisfied with the riches. But he never asks, for whom do I toil? And deprive myself of good. This is also vanity. See, there's people out there. Listen up, single folk. There are people out there who are single. And they work their butts to the bone. And, and why are they doing it? The Bible's asking. Why are you working yourself to the bone? You know, married people, we work ourselves to the bone because we want to maintain our families. We want to make sure things are going smooth with our family. We want to make sure that we leave an inheritance for our children and their children. But if you're single... No offspring. The Bible's asking, why are you working so hard? You got to start asking yourself, single people, why are you working so hard? But my job is not to mess with single folk. I'll deal with you guys in February on Valentine's Day. But right now, we're going to start dealing with some married folks. So here we go. Here's what the Bible says. Verse 9. Excuse me. For two are better than one, because they have the reward for their labor. For if they fall... One will lift up his companion. Two are better than one. Because if one falls, the other will pick them up. A lot of people in marriage has forgotten about this one basic principle. Oh, I want to be single. I'm going to live on my own. I might as well be by myself anyway because he ain't helping me out no way. Wait, 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 wait. Slow down. Somebody is helping you. Because remember, if you're married, if you're not paying all the bills, then somebody's paying all the bills. If you're not picking up the kids from childcare, somebody's picking up the kids from childcare. You know, some see a lot of married folk tend to forget that the comforts that they enjoy as a married person, they think they can have as a single person, but they keep forgetting they wouldn't have these liberties and freedoms if it was not for the fact that they had a spouse that's working with them to make sure that they can achieve their goals. Your your spouse is working for you, working with you to make sure that you can achieve your goals. So don't go get it twisted and thinking, well, I don't need him no way. All I do is come home and I have to wash dishes and clean up and he don't even help me do nothing around the house. Okay, when last time you got your car fixed? 
A lot of husbands know how to fix cars. Husband, when last time you had to cook dinner? Who washed your clothes? Who took care of your kids? Come on, don't get it twisted. See, a lot of you guys are getting it twisted because the devil has come in and twisted up your thinking about relationships and marriage. And these single folk, you're looking at how, oh man, this lady, she's very successful. I can be like her. I just need to get rid of my husband. I can have this nice house. Wait a minute. The Bible's asking a question before you, before you try to think about becoming single. The Bible's asking you a question. Why are they working so hard when they have nothing or no one to leave it to? See, you can have the big house on the hill and be single. A lot of successful people are single. But who are they going to leave it to? I got a friend who has an auntie. Her auntie passed away. Didn't have any children. Didn't have a spouse. And what happened? Who did she leave the money to? She had to leave it to her nephews and nieces and cousins and, and her other family because she didn't have an offspring. But I had another friend who had a, a, a parent or a grandparent, a relative that had a lot of money. And when they passed away, they distributed money amongst all their children. That's what the Bible says we're supposed to do. Leave an inheritance for your children's children. But that's not the point. Let's just keep going on real quick. Verse 11. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep himself warm? I don't know if you guys ever been in cold weather before. I have. It sucks. And that's why I thank God he sent me as a missionary to Mexico because I ain't ever got to get cold again. But when you're cold, it's a lot better to have someone underneath that blanket with you than being by yourself. And see, a lot of single people, they'll have you thinking, oh, yeah, I'm having a great time being single. Okay, you might. Some of you guys are called to be single. But a lot of you guys are just rebellious. And you're single because you got divorced, you left your spouse, and you don't want to submit. And so now you're in a cold bed all alone at night by yourself. And then you have to wake up. You know, every other week or so to do a 12 o'clock booty call. Sorry, I'm just being real. I know how you are. I've been there. I've seen it. I've done it. I ain't no angel either. But I'm just letting you know. It's wrong. You can't live like that. You know, if you want the benefits of marriage, get your butt married and stick it out. And quit trying to run around from bed to bed, house to house. Woo. I didn't hit somebody on the toe, but that's okay. Let's go. Verse 12. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. I don't know about y'all, man, but when I used to get into these fights, <laughs> if I was by myself, man, I knew I had to like fight twice as hard. But if I had my partner with me, oh, dude, we could, boy, we could whoop up one, hold him, and I kick him. <laughs> well, that's all you got to do with the devil. See, when you're married, you got to understand something. You have an enemy called the devil who's always attacking you. He's always trying to do things against you. He's attacking your husband. He's attacking your wife, and he's always trying to bring discord. We're going to talk about cord in a moment. Hence the picture. That's a big old rope. Some of y'all know where I'm going. And he's always attacking relationships. And his goal is to bring discord, disunity. Take apart the cord and make sure you guys are fighting against one another. And see, when you are by yourself, your prayer life is powerful. But when you're in a relationship with someone who's a man of God, a woman of God, and you guys unite in prayer, what did Jesus say about prayer? If two or more. So come, in, come together in my name. Anything that they ask will be done. He didn't say if one person does it. He says if two. See, that's what we call the power of agreement. See, the reason why a lot of you guys aren't getting your prayers answered is like I told you last week. You can't walk in the power of agreement because you're in a relationship that's causing this, this, you're in a disruptive relationship. You're being treacherous to one another. And you can't be treacherous to one another and expect God to answer your prayers. You got to make peace. I told you that last week. Make peace. Get together with God and pray. Because the Bible says two is better than one. And you can't fight against the devil by yourself, especially if you're married. 
And a lot of you single people who's like, well, man, golly, I'm doing great. And look, God has grace on those who are single, but we're not dealing with single folk. But if you're trying to become single again, I'm letting you know it's going to be a, a hell of a battle that you're going to have to deal with because Satan ain't going to stop with just destroying your marriage. He's going to basically try to destroy you as a person. And he'll use every wicked relationship he can to mess you up. Let me tell you this story real quick before I go to the last verse. I knew a couple. They used to live in our apartment complex. They were a great couple. They worked good together. But all of a sudden, things started getting twisted. One of the partners in the relationship, you know, wasn't feeling happy, wasn't feeling satisfied, and started stepping out. And then, you know, I, I tried to minister to, the, to that person and I'm like, hey, you know, you can't step out like that. You know, you got to work with this, this person because this person is, you know, is a great person and you need to try to tough it out. You know, I, I can understand the guy if the girl wasn't trying to do what he's or he or she's supposed to do, but you got to work it out. Well, what ends up happening is Satan tricks this person to step out the relationship and the and person starts pursuing relationships. Went from one good relationship, which was a setup. That's how Satan does. He'll pull you out of your marriage relationship and put you with a good relationship, which is a setup. And that setup will go sour, as we say, go sideways real quick. And the relationship went sideways real quick. The next thing you know, this person is homeless, doesn't have a place to live. And now this person is bouncing around from place to place to place with different people trying to pursue relationship. And, and the person can't go back to where they came from because now that person just done moved on. And see, I'm just letting you guys know. When you're fighting against the devil, he's going to come against you. He's going to come against your mate. He's going to come against your marriage. And he will try to set up the perfect storm to bust you two up. And if you fall for it, that's your fault. But let's keep on going. My goal, my goal this today is to help you stop it from happening. So let's go. Verse 12, the last verse. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. So here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to flip the screen. A threefold cord is not easily broken. As you can see, I have on my whiteboard here, as soon as it pops up, I'm going to do a diagram for you. And in this diagram, we're going to show you how this threefold cord works in your relationship with Christ. So in the beginning, I'm going to step out the way a little bit so you guys can see. So in the beginning, you, you have what we call the triangle of intimacy. This is called the triangle of intimacy. You got your husband over here. You have your wife over here. And then you have God up here. When God is your focal point, when God is your focal point, your threefold cord is not easily broken. Now, if you will remember a pyramid. A pyramid that's set up properly cannot be knocked over very easily. You understand what I'm trying to say? Think about the pyramids of Egypt. Those things have been standing for thousands and thousands of years. And they haven't, they've been through earthquakes, they've been through windstorms, tornadoes, you name it, they've been through it, and they still stand. Why? Because the relationship of each angle is in its correct position with the top and the base. But see, this is what normally happens in relationships. And I'm, I'm going to get deep, so pay attention. So this is how the relationship is supposed to be. Husband and wife are in communion with one another. And they're in communion with God. And they're strong. But this is what tends to happen in relationships. If I can get this thing to go back. There we go. 
this is what tends to happen. So we have God up here. And then this, this is, I'm only dealing with Christian relationships, okay? And I know that G is backwards, but bear with me. Um, this is what happens in Christian relationships. We got some Christian relationships that have a threefold cord that looks something like this. What type of relationship does this express to you? What type of relationship is this? This is a relationship where God is not really the focal point, the spouse or the wife is. And so the closer they get together, even though they may go to church every now and then, even though they may read their Bibles every now and then, even though they might listen to Christian music, their relationship with God is not where it should be. And so they're focused on each other and on their relationship and having a good time, but have little focus on God. They don't pray together, they don't read together, they don't go to church together as much as they used to. And look what happens. You notice how top-heavy this is and how the base is kind of narrow. You just tilt it, it'll fall over in the storms of life. That's one relationship, people. Let me show you another one. In the other relationship, these are Christian folk. You have this type of triangle. Uh, let me fix my, my little thing. Let's go here. There we go. We have this type of triangle. Wow, look at that one, guys. Now, I'm picking on the wife for a moment, but, you know, ignore the fact that it's husband and wife. But in this relationship with God, look what you have. You have a spouse. I'm picking on the, I'm on, I'm, if you, if you get, look, look, I'm going to be honest, okay. I'm just going to change it around so nobody be thinking, Raphael, just picking on women today. Okay, I'm going to put it like this then so some of y'all women won't be upset. But this could be any marriage partner, husband or wife. You got this type of relationship where you have the wife is trying to stay close to God, but the husband is over here doing his own thing. That pyramid doesn't stand very long. It doesn't stand at all, to be honest. It can't stand because she's getting closer to God and he's getting closer away from God. And eventually what happens is this person here ends up just going away, just disappearing. And it could be the wife. So I'll... I'll Pick on the, make the husband the good guy now, and the wife the bad guy. In this relationship, you got a husband that's trying to pursue God, pursue the ministry, pursue the call of God, do things right by God, and he's doing his best, the best he can. And then you got a wife over here that's, eh, she's still a Christian, but she ain't really trying to pursue God. She's trying to pursue her own desires, trying to do whatever she wants to do because, well, you know what? I'm a Christian, and I can get away with what I want to do, and I don't really need this guy, so I'm going to go do what I want to do, and he can't do nothing about it. I mean, some, I know women that are like that. And it's sad. It's very sad. And those are the three relationships that you can have when you're um, a Christian, in a Christian relationship. So let's look at this. So what should be the proper relationship in a marriage? Again, husband and wife. And this is what happens. I'm going to put a couple of dots on the line right here. I'm going to put a, a dot right here and a dot right here. The closer you get to God, look what happens on the dots. The closer you get to God, look how close you get with your spouse. 
That's very important. See, what's happening in a lot of Christian marriages that are going through divorce, that are going through hard times, is that you got the husband and the wife, they're not getting closer to God. They're getting away from God. And the further away you two get away from God, the further you guys are headed towards disaster. And the only way for you to survive this is that if both of you guys are really Christians, if both of you guys are really seeking after God, you got to get close to God again. You can't just do what you want to do. You have to get close to God. That's the only way you're going to save your marriage. That's the only way you're going to make things better. You might have a husband that's a total butthead and can't hear a word you're saying. Doesn't matter. Get close to God. Because if he's really trying to hear from God, he's going to get close to God too. And eventually, the closer he gets to God, the better off your relationship is going to be. The closer she gets to God, dude, the more likelihood she's going to hear God and things are going to change. She won't be resistant to the call of God. She won't be resistant to the things you want to do for the, for the ministry. You know? But you got to get close to God. And a lot of problems is a lot of people aren't getting close to God anymore. See, what happens is we got things called work. I mean, let me, let me go, let's go back here real quick. Let me show you this. Let me, let me draw this out for you. See, what happens is we have the world over here. This is the world. Y'all see, that's the world. And what happens is one of the other parties is always being attracted to the world because it's so great. You know, what, what attracts people to the world? This is what normally attracts people to the world in a relationship. Um, one of the ladies that I've been speaking with, and you know who you are. I'm not picking on you. But one of the ladies I spoke with, you know, recently, she was telling me that, hey, you know, I got married at a young age. You know, I have a great husband. He's a good guy. I love him to death. But, you know, I put my life on the back burner for so long, and now here I am, middle aged, and I don't even know who I am anymore. What's my identity? I mean, I want to have some fun. I want to do something. And what happens is the world, they start looking at the world, and the world starts pulling them away. Now, the best place for the next spouse to be is to be close to God. Because if the spouse is close to God, then no matter what this person does, because eventually this is going to break apart. Eventually that's going to break. And you're going to be left alone, husband or wife, whoever you're, whichever it is. If your spouse continues to go away from God, eventually that line's going to break. And if you don't have your relationship with God in place, that's my stick man. If you don't have your relationship with God in place, I'll just come on this side. You will fall away. You will not follow after God anymore. That's why I'm always encouraging people who are going through these relationship hard times. You got to stay close to God if you want to remain unbroken. Because if you break away from God, you will not have a chance to survive what you're about to go through. You're going to be broken, bitter, and upset for the rest of your lives until you learn how to get back close to God. How many divorced people have I met that have successful lives? You know, they got the nice house, nice car, and they got, it seems like they got even the pension plan. They got everything you could want. But when you get around them, they're so mean and bitter. You want to know why they're mean and bitter? Because they got too far away from God and that line broke where God can't be there to mend and heal them. So if you're going through this mess, I advise you, be like this guy on this side and, and stay closer to God. Stay close to God. Be like the guy here and stay close to God. 
you stay close to God, he'll heal you and protect you from all manner of harm. Because again, in a relationship, you cannot control what your partner does. I'm going to put that in your head until you guys understand me. I don't care how much you pray. God is not going to force your mate to do something that they don't want to do. That's why it's important that you guys understand that you got to get close to God. Stop seeking the world. Stop looking at the lust of the world. What the Bible says, for those things that are in the world, the lust of eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's in 1 John, isn't it? Get your eyes off the world and put your eyes back on Jesus because if you keep your eyes on the world, you're going to lose your marriage. It's going to go away. Well, we ain't got enough money to live. You made it this far. Well, I'm just not happy. You know, I didn't have a chance to live my life. I went straight from the house, straight into marriage. Well, you did it for a reason. No one put a gun to your head, did they? Well, I was pregnant outside of marriage and we didn't want the babies to grow up without a daddy. Well, here they are, 18 years old, and guess what's happening? You're going to divorce and they're still going to be without a daddy. So what good did that do? Your logic doesn't make sense. You need to think through your stupid decisions before you start doing stupid stuff and destroying the foundation of marriage. Because what was the purpose of marriage in the first place? What was the purpose of all of this that we read last week? So God can have godly offspring. Divorce will produce ungodly offspring. We see it in our world today. If you keep pursuing divorce, you're making society worse, not better. Well, I'm just not happy. I'm not happy. I'm so upset. Really? The reason why you're upset and the reason why you're not happy is because God is not your source of joy. The world is. You got your eyes watching television. You got your eyes looking at your friends who look like they're having fun at the club, getting drunk and partying and cussing and acting like a fool. Oh, they look like they're having so much fun. And you've been protected by the Holy Spirit for so long that you're like that frog that's cooked in the stove and they just turn up the heat slowly and you just get cooked to death. That's what your life has been like as a Christian. So you're not aware of the things that God's protected you from. But when you step outside of the pot and you get out into the world, you're going to learn real quick that the world doesn't give a crap about you. That, that dude will suck you up and chew you out. Once he gets what he wants, that woman's going to be gone, dude. Oh, man, her butt's fine. Oh, man, woo, she's stacked. Woo! Yeah, as soon as she gets what she wants, you're out of there. Because that's how the world operates. The world does not give a crap about you. And they're under the influence of Satan in the first place. And remember, if you think Satan cares about you, think again. And if you think that person in your life that's all of a sudden coming between you and your spouse cares about you, you better wake up real quick. That joker don't care nothing about you. That heifer don't care nothing about you. They only there on assignment from Satan as a, as a good opportunity that's going to go sideways real quick. That's just how he operates people. I can sit here talking blue in the face. I done seen too many marriages get destroyed. Even my own first marriage was destroyed. There was some stupidness that I did. But come on, people. We got to wake up and recognize when you get away from God, you will destroy your marriage. Well, I don't think it's worth saving the first. All we do is fight, 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 fight. If you knuckleheads would get close to God and sit down and try to talk it out, well, I can't talk with her. She's so mean. She's so hard-headed. I can't talk to him. He's so bossy. He's so mean. He don't listen to nothing. Okay, call Pastor Raffi up and let me mediate the argument. See, 90% of the arguments can be solved by a mediator, someone who's going to hold you guys accountable. But that's only if you two are pursuing God. Excuse me. If one of you guys is pursuing the world, it's not going to work. You two have to both be in a mindset to where, okay, God, I'm not going to resist your spirit. 
but I'm not going to force it either. See, I like people who are neutral. They're saying, okay, I'm not going to resist, but I'm not going to force it either. I'm going to allow whatever happens to happen. If you're like that, I can deal with you. I can work with you because I've seen God move in people like that. Okay, I'm just going to stay neutral. I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to poke away, poke away from it. I'm just going to just, whatever happens, happens. Okay, let's work with that. If you can get to that point, God can save your marriage. He sure can. Because then God will bring someone like me into your life that will hold you to accountable. Okay, dude, didn't you not say that your wife could go out and hang time, spend time with her friends, and, you know, and do some, some things outside the home? Didn't you say your husband could go and go fishing or hunting or go to the game with the guys and, and, and have some fun, and you wouldn't nag and complain? Didn't you? So you, a lot of these things can be hammered out through mediator. You don't have to go through divorce. Just go through a mediator. Talk, have someone talk. Some pastors aren't equipped to do that. I'm equipped to do it. A lot of pastors have never been through divorce or never heard or handled divorce before. They have no clue on how to help you. But guys who've been through some crap, you know, I know pastors that have wives with some, some major issues. They can help you because they're still with their wives for a reason. Because they've learned. When my wife starts acting crazy or my spouse starts acting crazy, I'm going to get closer to God. And eventually, God will say, hey, 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 wake up, knucklehead, get up, get, get up. And as long as that person is neutral and willing to just do what they got to do to get the relationship right, which is mainly staying neutral and all the Holy Spirit to have its way, God normally keeps that marriage together. God keeps it together. God keeps it together. As long as you're not resisting him. That's important, people. As long as you're not resisting God, God can keep your marriage together. Okay, let me start with this diagram again. Maybe I can do a backwards G. Let me do a backwards G this time. Let me see if I can do that. Oh, there you go. I got a G. So check this out. So remember, this is God. This is your relationship with God. This is man or woman. I'm not going to do M and W anymore because I know a lot of people are going to be upset with me. And this is the other spouse, husband and wife. And her beautiful hair. As long as you two... Let me see if I can. I'm trying to write backwards. This is not easy writing backwards. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, okay. So as long as the husband and wife are focused on God and they're willing to submit to God, the marriage is going to be okay. If the husband or the wife starts to walk away from God and they start to pull towards the world and their relationship and their marriage relationship starts to change, and golly, that's supposed to be an eraser. That's not an eraser. So anyway, <laughs> I'm new at using this tablet. So anywho, anyway, golly, my thing is acting up again. Well, y'all get the point. <laughs> if this joker right here gets away from God, you can guarantee your marriage is toast. If this, this, this heifer over here, I'm sorry, I'm calling y'all jokers and heifers, but I'm trying to be equal here, okay? If this, if this lady over here decides, I'm done with this joker, I'm just going to go start pursuing the world, your marriage is done. So how do you keep yourself from being broken? I'm going to say it again. Get yourself close to God. Stay close to God. The closer you are to God, while your partner's going astray, the better off you're going to be, and the sooner you'll make recovery. Now, I'm not promoting divorce. But I'm just letting you know, you can't stop what the other person is going to do. If they already made up in their mind that they're going to do it, they're going to do it. And you can't stop them. You might can delay it. 
how you're whining. What about the children? Since the children are grown, they're gone. Is that what you want? You only want them to stay with you until the kids are there? I mean, come on. The goal is, remember, what was the purpose that we read in Ecclesiastes? Two are better than one because if one falls, the other picks them up. When you guys understand the purpose and the structure of marriage, you'll understand from the very beginning, it was designed for success. If two people understand their purpose. When you forget your purpose and you forget your God-given purpose for marriage, guess what happens? It becomes imbalanced and it falls over or it fails. Because what normally happens is this. I've seen relationships that are like this. Two Christians, they're married and they both love God, but there's no relationship with each other. And what ends up happening? The marriage falls apart. What happens when you put two sticks together? Eventually, it falls apart. That's another relationship that we see in Christian marriages. This is an improper, this is an improper relationship. You can't love God and be married and mistreat your spouse or not, or not pay attention to your spouse. God ain't playing this. God had already told you. Good example. I gave you guys a Bible verse last week. God had already told us in the word of God. If this ain't working right, ain't no sense in you coming to him. He ain't going to listen to it. He's not listening to anything you got to say as long as this ain't right. So you can just, you might as well just go ahead and get this right or get out. I mean, I'm not promoting divorce, but if you're not trying to get things right, then what are you trying to do? You got to get your crap together. That's what you got to do. So for all you guys who've watched this message so far, um, I want you guys to watch the whole video again. And if this, if you've got questions, if you've got answers, if you've got input, inbox me, because I would love to hear what you got to say about this message. And again, I'm not here to promote divorce. I'm just trying to make sure that you guys understand the purpose of marriage. Okay? If you understand the purpose of marriage, your marriage relationship will stand. It will stand. If you don't understand the purpose of your, your relationship, your marriage will fall apart. Like I asked you last week, you got to ask yourself this one important question. Did God put you together? If your answer is anything but yes, your marriage is over. You're just counting the days until one of you guys just walks out the door. But if you both can say in your own mind that God put us together, then it would behoove you to do your best to get closer to God. Because again, the closer you get to God, the closer you guys are going to be to one another. The further away you get from God, the further away you guys are going to be to one another. Get close to God, He can save your marriage. It's so whatever you're going through. If you need a mediator, call me.